The following message is presented by Bayou Vista Baptist Church in Morgan City, Louisiana. For more information, go to the website www.bvbch.org. Now the message. She's just always there. That has to be the stupidest man alive, but so much like every one of us men, right? Well, this morning I'm going to approach a topic that is most delicate but most scriptural, and it is the subject, and we will find it clearly in Scripture, of intimacy within the confines of marriage. And um, we have a couple, act, we have a baby dedication to do, and so I'm going to move rather quickly, and mainly because it's a sensitive subject. This is one that some folks get offended that the preacher mentions, and the problem in our world is that the church has long not mentioned it enough. Our children are confused about their sexuality, they're confused about their gender. Intimacy was created by God for His glory. For the confines of marriage. Now, the church has made... There was one point in history, the early 30s and 40s, where a pregnant woman would not come to church because everyone would know what she had been doing. And so the church made intimacy, and I think you all know what I'm referring to, an embarrassment, something for a married couple to be ashamed of, and it's the opposite. It is something to celebrate. And I'm going to explain this morning why. Also, we'll get into, as a counselor, um, this is the biggest issue that I have dealt with within marriage. It is not fighting, it is not money. It is intimacy between husband and wife, therefore supporting the idea that the church has failed in equipping our young people to handle and to navigate the challenges that rest ahead of them. It is a hard thing as a man and a woman to figure each other out. You remember your first kiss to your husband and spouse? You better raise your hands, folks, like you care about them. I mean, I've told y'all I was trying to keep Jeanette off of me, and she just come at me like a, like Dracula, and um, I felt like I needed a cross necklace, and and um, now I'm gonna t- I'm gonna tell y'all some stories this morning that that are life, okay? One of the things churches and I believe Christians need to do is get over themselves just a little bit. And have just a little bit more fun in navigating the challenges of life. It's okay to laugh. It's okay to have fun. Did God not create you in His image? Do you laugh naturally when things are enjoyable? Okay. So again, the church has went so far around the issue. And if you've ever not read the Song of Solomon, but interpreted... The Song of Solomon, it is as vivid and is in the most detail and levels and actions of intimacy. It uses symbolization. And so this morning, if you're offended, you're offended by Scripture, not by me. 
We're going to read from God's Word, and I'm going to interpret and apply from God's Word. If you are married, if you've had children, you understand the delicacies of intimacy, the beauty of it, and also at times the challenges therein. So this morning... um, Anyway, I want to finish the story. So we had waited a little while. You know, it was at least, I think, three hours into that first date. And I'm just kidding. We had waited months. And we were at the bell tower there at Euphus for the world to see when I finally allowed her to kiss me. (laughs) Now, it was sweet and precious. But we didn't know each other in that way yet, right? And so there's a learning process. Just as we learn in our relationship with Jesus Christ, I didn't know to anticipate her actions and move, right? She didn't know to interpret, to inspect and anticipate mine. So we look here at a passage of scripture, and if you have your Bible, 1 Corinthians chapter 7. Now there is nothing in the world wrong or dishonorable from a single life. God has gifted some to spend their life apart from marriage and service to Him and His church, and that is most commendable. I'm not doing this series to alienate anyone at any stage in their life, but it is imperative that we address for us as married couples and our children that intimacy was created by God for His glory And nothing to be ashamed of, but everything to be celebrated once again in the confines of marriage. Any sexual activity outside of your marriage vows is dishonorable before the Lord and damaging to you as a human being. So, Let us begin, and I'm going to ask if you would stand out of respect and recognition for His infallible, inerrant Word. I want you to see it there first before I go any farther. And again, if if this does not apply to you, bear with me and understand. It isn't for the benefit and for the benefit of the bride, our children, our married couples, and for the glory of His kingdom. Now, in response to the matters you wrote about, it is good for a man not to use a woman for sex. And that, that word is in Scripture. It should not be a word we're afraid to use in what we call the sanctuary, which is completely unscriptural. This is a building. This is an auditorium. When we're raptured, they will burn it down. They will graffiti it and they will misuse it. The Spirit of the God of God does not dwell here. He dwells within each and every one of you. There is nothing holy about this building, this room. And also addressing that fact, if ever a guest has a hat or carries a hat or brings a drink, you let it go. There's something more valuable than this carpet. There's something more valuable than these pews. There's something more valuable than your understanding of respect. And that's the Holy Spirit's work on a man or woman's heart. Do we understand? I can replace some carpet if it means someone comes to Jesus. Everybody get that? Say amen. And if you don't like that, there's no suggestion box in the back. But I'd encourage you to fast and pray. Now in response to the matters you wrote about, 
It is, it is not, it is good for man not to use a woman for sex, but because sexual immorality is so common, because it exists at such a capacity, each man should have sexual relations with his, what's it say? Own wife. And each woman should have sexual relations with her husband. Notice it says husband and wife. There is a biological gender difference in creation. Undeniably so. A husband should fulfill his marital duties to his wife. And likewise, a wife to her husband. A wife does not have the right over her own body. And when this is not a sexist statement, this goes both ways. Nor, but her husband does. In the same way, a husband does not have the right over his own body, but his wife does. It says, do not deprive one another except when you agree for a time to devote yourselves to prayer. Then come together again, otherwise Satan may tempt you because of your lack of self-control, which we all struggle with being human beings. I say this is a concession, not a command. That it is not necessary in the interpretation of that if we don't get there. It is not scripturally necessary or a requirement for righteousness to you for you to be married. But if you are married, this is your command. Concession is if it doesn't apply to you, let it be. I wish that all people were as I, and he was referring to single, but each has his own gift from God, one that has this gift. Another has that. Lord, we thank You. We love You. We recognize the beauty of Your creation, the wonder of Your creativity, the depth of Your sovereignty. And Lord, we recognize today the gift of marriage and the gift of intimacy that You've given each marriage. And I pray that it's something we understand from a spiritual, psychological, physiological from a relational standpoint, as your word has not hidden any of it. Lord, if the physical aspect of a marriage, if a hug and a sweet kiss are are not a part, something in the depth, the core of the marriage is hindered and hurt. And thus, somewhere our relationship with you has been hindered. And so I pray you restore sensitivity. Lord, you'd restore forgiveness. You'd restore patience. And you would restore passion to each of our marriages. And it is in the name of the Sovereign King Jesus we pray. Amen. You can be seated. I heard a preacher, old preacher once say, when he was talking about this, he said, I may be old, but I ain't dead yet. And so I'd ask everyone to tune in, gear up, get ready. This will be in fun. It may be challenging. But again, there's nothing offensive. You know, what hit me about that, um, everybody loves Raymond, was about fault, you know, stopping breathing and someone there to wake you up. Well, I got to quit breathing at night. And Jeanette would, would give me the elbow or the kick or, Eric, Eric, Eric. I, I was pretty much dying every night. And then, you know, you go through, and as a young man, this was several years ago, I'm still a young man. And you know, you, you, as a young man, you, you put your shorts on, you, your tank top on, you're ready for bed. And you know, guys in the mirror, you, you, you make sure you're ready to impress your lady. 
And then this doctor gave me this prescription for this machine. And I had always expected myself being Fabio as I went to bed, right? Just, hey baby. (laughs) Well, the first night I brought it home, not only did I have the CPAP, but I also had an oxygen generator. Because my oxygen levels were dropping so low that, that a fish shouldn't be able to live. And so I had beside my bed this big blue suitcase. And when you turned it on, it went... I thought, wow. And then a hose went from it to my CPAP. And I didn't just get this one. I got this one. And so the first night Jeanette was in the shower, I'd showered and I said, boy, I wonder how this all... So I wrapped that apparatus around my head and I was going... And then Jeanette come out. And I was just thinking, what do I look like? How could she want me again? And that's hard. That's hard on a young man. And I was like, hold on, sweetie. Snap, 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 snap. Off, off. What? And then I realized time does tend to take away, take away some of that arrogance and confidence of being a young person. But life also changes in so many beautiful ways. I never imagined loving her and fighting through cancer. Seeing procedures, I never imagined bearing our little baby with her, but each of those events carried a beauty and a closeness that it could have been more if we had the right attitude. But there was so much, and and so much now, now I'm like, before we go back, can you take my blood pressure? Can you check my blood pressure? Oh, I can't go out and eat. I got high sodium, right? I mean, there's there's so many things have changed, but marriage has become something that is so different than I ever thought it would be. I just thought I'd stay a young man chasing mama around the house and pursuing, and you know, I'm still chasing mama, boys. If you ever quit that, something's wrong with you. But the intimacy is different. Used to, I'd come home and I couldn't wait to go hunting or fishing. She was totally uninterested in it. But I couldn't wait to get with my guy friends and head out to the woods, head out to the water. And then I talked her into coming. And I figured out she's so much prettier in the back of that boat than any of my buddies were. (laughs) So I don't want to go fishing with nobody but her. And, you know, it was a couple months ago, I I was giving her a hug. I don't remember if he was in the kitchen or bedroom or what, but I just told her, I don't know when you became my best friend, but you did. And so... Yes, intimacy is always an aspect, but intimacy transforms. I'm not going to say it changes. I'm going to say it evolves as life goes on. 
So I want you to look at four different principles this morning in this passage. One, it says, because of sexual immorality is so common, and let us be clear, I'm going to define sex this morning as any physical contact that creates a physical response. And I need you to hear that. You're like, well, I'm not having an affair. I'm not having premarital sex. Any physical contact that creates a physical response, your mind is not on Jesus Christ. Your mind is not on the purity of the marriage you have or the marriage you will have. Does everyone understand that? You're like, well, that's a little extreme. Yes. I wish I had never kissed another woman. I wish I had never held hands with another woman. And people say, well, you got to try things. It's not the shoe store, people. We're picking our spouse. Do you understand? There's got to be a respect for what will be someone else's wife and someone else's husband. Now, after marriage, the biggest question I get asked in premarital counseling is what is allowed in the confines of marriage? James Dobson in Focus on the Family has an article on this that I would encourage everyone. So as you got kid, if you're married, if you got grandkids, you got kids. Because in a world where we can't define gender, it brings an additional amount of confusion about anatomy and physiology. And so the question is answered throughout the Song of Solomon and Dr. James Dobson and his crew do a tremendous job explaining. As long as there is no conviction between the husband and wife, God has ordained and allows anything. Um, again, you can go to James Dobson, you can search the depths of Scripture, you will not prove that statement wrong. So, number one, we pursue each other because it symbolizes our pursuit of Him. God gave us marriage to teach and to reveal about our intended relationship with Him. Just like Raymond said, I wake up, God is there. I go to work, God is... I come home, God is... I lay down to go to sleep and God is... God is there. And so I'm to live my life pursuing and I'm, I'm gonna just I'm gonna relate things back to a real spiritual hard truth if a husband and wife if a husband is not pursuing a wife or a wife is not pursuing a husband they are not pursuing the person of Jesus Christ because God ordained marriage God gave commands and his intention is first for you to pursue him and when you're pursuing him it will be a spiritually natural response for you to pursue your spouse. And you say, well, I'm, I'm just tired. There's no, God will not accept tired as an excuse for your faithfulness in heaven. Well, he's just not as attractive as he used to be. Well, let me address that. Guys, brush your teeth. Everybody in here understand? I mean, I've got guys come in all dirty, messy, and foul, and like, my wife just don't want me anymore. And I have to tell them, man to man in the office in front of Jesus and the privacy. 
You have green growing on your teeth. I wouldn't kiss you if you were the last woman on the face of the planet. Clean yourself. Bathe. Take care of yourself. And ladies, too. Again, I'm always easy on my ladies, but... So we're supposed to stay righteous and pure before the Lord. We're also supposed to pray regularly and have communication with Him, right? That's the key to a relationship, just as it is the key to a marriage. It's just every day, again, I, I told you a couple weeks ago, I come home and me and I told Jeanette how much I was going to start sharing my heart with her. And I, I do this like once, how, full moon. You know, it's not very often, but sometimes I really share, and then other times it's, how was your day? It was fine. And she'll go, fine. <laughs> not like that. She'll go, fine. And I'll be like, ah, oh, man. Well, here we go. Right? Communication, both ways. And men are the masters of hearing but listening to nothing. And so a couple weeks ago, I introduced the concept of bonus points. Bonus points, gentlemen, it's like when you go to the fair. And you play a game and you get tokens. And then you have those tokens because you played good. Now, guys, if you catch nothing else, you get this. This is lot marriage is like Chuck E. Cheese's. So you go to the next game and you play it bad, you lose your tokens. It's also a leadership principle by John Maxwell. You play good, you get more tokens. You run out of tokens, it's game over, okay? It's simple. But God has called us to pursue Him in prayer, in study about His person. Now listen, in study about His person. This is His revelation. He wants you to know who He is. Now guess what? She wants you to know who she is too. Not just, oh, my wife's five foot eleven. She'll always be 25. And I wouldn't even mention her weight. Not, I'm not talking about my weight, my wife. I'm just saying, that's not knowing your wife. Where's her favorite place to eat? What's her favorite color? You know, what's her favorite thing to do with you? What's her favorite memory of your marriage? What's her favorite thing about you? Right? So what do you know? And, and wife, the same. Oh, he'll eat anything. No, what does he like? Who is he? So just as God has called us to pursue him, marriage is a mirror 
of His love for the bride. And just as we come together and we study His person, His attributes, the personalities and the expectations and the desires, the will of Christ, so should each of our lives be a study of our spouse. The minute you stop caring, things will fall apart. You're going to go from together and it'll be slow. Satan doesn't destroy what God has ordained overnight. You'd catch that. Remember, used to when you was upset at each other? Had to be fixed. Now, and I'm going I'm to hit the... You may sleep in separate beds for, for some medical reason. But you can put two twin beds or two queen beds together and have, and I'm going to encourage a CPAP. If any of you gentlemen or any of you ladies are snoring too loud to be in the same room, go get you one of them babies. All right, you'll get over pride real quick because I still get to hold. I still get to hold my little, my little wife. I didn't get married to sleep in another room. Now, one day when I'm 80, maybe it'll be different. If you're 80 or above, I don't mean any offense by that, but I'm telling you, you'd, you do it as long as you can. I shouldn't have to wake up and go find my woman to give her a smooch. I should know I didn't get married to go look for her. I got married to know exactly where she was. Pursue each other. Second, intimacy is our promise and His. So, when me and Jeanette were dating, we didn't date that long. And um, again, she was putting a lot of physical pressure on me. <laughs> and I was, I was just, you know, walking, Jesus, I was walking towards Jesus. And <laughs> so anyway, we, had, we hadn't been dating that long, and I... Uh, I don't have a set, I don't recommend people date a certain amount of time. Listen, when God tells you, and you're both walking toward Jesus, um, man, I think, I think it gets pretty obvious. We, we knew we were going to get married, so I was going to move off to, to college, to North Carolina. And then we were sitting together and, you know, talking, and I think we were, I don't remember who said it. Was it your idea or mine? I don't remember. Does that look like I should, or does that look like I don't either? <laughs> where's, them, where's them bonus points, boys? It's time to get them out. Yeah, I mean, we were both sitting there, and I was reserving my classes and getting my, my dorm, right, with all the guys. And, and I, we just kind of looked at each other like, why don't you just go? We didn't have no money. Right? I didn't even have a job when we were going to get there. And, uh, we're like, let's just go. Let's go together. We got married. Anyway. So I went and I told my mom and dad, I was like, hey, mom and dad, because uh, I was leaving like in a month. Um, we've decided to go ahead and get married and uh, go together. And the statement was made, oh, it's just about sex. And I was like, 
Yes, ma'am, it is. It absolutely is. I've waited. And uh, God gives us that passion and desire for a reason. And it is a beautiful thing. And it's nothing to be ashamed of. It was an awkward conversation with my parents. But it should not necessarily have been. That intimacy was God's gift. So let's define intimacy. Intimacy is vulnerability. It's trusting someone. I've told y'all, I despise trust. Trust puts you in the most dangerous of places. If I don't trust someone, then I'm already prepared for disappointment. But trust is something that God asks us to trust Him. And you remember what we talked about about a month ago was, if you knew Him, you can trust Him. So with your spouse, the moment you stop spending time, the moment you stop doing life, that trust will be the first thing that fades. If he's not pursuing me, who's he pursuing? If he's not talking to me, if she's not talking to me, who's she talking to? And man, when those questions come in the picture, that's already red flag. That is already a danger that is full of landmines. And again, I'm going to tell you, if your spouse does not have the code to your phone, give it to them. Give them the absolute freedom to go. Intimacy is transparency at every level. Intimacy is also not manipulation. It was something I saw on Facebook. It's appropriateness. I I guess I'll have to let you judge. Um, But the wife called the husband, you know, and she goes, hey, my car keeps getting hot. And um, as a joke I heard the other day, and he said, well, just tell it you have a headache, right? (laughs) Um, Guys, intimacy, if if the relationship is healthy... If the relationship of husband and wife are pursuing the Lord, that is going to be one of the most healthy desires. Scientists, doctors tell us physiologically that every three days a married couple has a desire that needs to be fulfilled. That is a healthy human being, healthy psychologically, healthy spiritually, with a healthy relationship. And so again, that's not a rule, that's just a scientific medical recommendation. But it also has to do with we as humans are the most insecure of all of creation. And that affirmation is key to our psychological and physiological health. That God created something. Now, We weren't supposed to be insecure until after the fall. It's part of the punishment. So now I worry. And let's just just speak openly and honestly. When she doesn't give me a kiss when I come home, I wonder why. When she doesn't hold me at night or give me a little goodnight kiss or tell me how absolutely attractive I am, 
it makes me insecure. Same for her. Guys, my grandma told me one thing, and her advice toward marriage. Now, grandpa was like, just don't mess it up. Right? Grandma's advice was never, ever stop hugging her. And don't do no quick side hug, Eric. You grab her and you act like you're never going to let her go. Now, that's, that was uncomfortable for me. Come here, sweetie. This was... Yeah. This, this is because I didn't grow up with a lot of hugging, okay? Um, I grew up with ver- verbal affirmation. Um, Grandpa, he never did not affirm me, but I just knew he affirmed me because he was with me. And so when Grandma told me that, I was like, Poof. So I'd be like... <laughs> right? And that, that's not at all, thank you, sweetie. That's not at all. That's not at all. Like, okay, I'm done. When is she going to let me go? It is. Boy, I remember when I first hugged her. I remember on that front porch before them lights flickered on. Right? You couldn't have separated us. But what Grandma was saying was stay connected. You can't hug someone you're not comfortable with for very long. You can't hug someone you don't like for very long. And I'm going to throw this in there from last week. If them fights are getting out of hand, stop and pray together. It'll be resolved. Intimacy is not something to use as manipulation when you're upset at your spouse, you hold back. Intimacy is a part of the reparation process and restoration and reconciliation of a relationship. Let me also tell you, throw this in, I think you all know this, but this is a funny story um, I'm going to end with. But, gentlemen, she's not that impressed with how good you look. She's impressed with how good you love her. I had always wanted a pair of alligator boots. Cognac, to be exact. That's a brown caramel color. And I sold some toys I had, and I wasn't happy about selling the toys. We were moving, and so I was like, if I'm selling toys, Jeanette, I'm buying a pair of alligator, actually Cayman boots. And they were not cheap, embarrassingly expensive, wasted money. They're too tight on my my feet that swell. (sighs) So anyway, they're sitting inside of the closet. But I bought them babies home. And uh, it was, a, it was a, one of our date nights, and the kids were gone. And um, Well, I showered and uh, put on my shorts, you know, and I thought, she needs to see them boots. I bet. So I put them boots on, and I checked myself out, and right on. So... <laughs> I walked in there in that kitchen. Y'all have heard. 
Now she, I, I think it was spaghetti or some kind of, and she was, she was cooking there. And uh, every man has expectations. And apparently so does every woman. And so, do you, you ever heard the phrase, strike and oppose? So I came in and I got on the corner of the counter. And uh, again, them, them boots look good. So I was like, Hey, babe. What you doing? <laughs> and she goes, What are you doing? <laughs> I thought I was going to have to run across the field to get away from her, but... It didn't move anything. It didn't stir anything but that noodle pot. <laughs> so, I'm not telling you to take care of yourself, but we're looking for two different things most of the time. But boys, I'll tell you, go ahead and try it. End of season, not manipulation, but also in closing. Intimacy is protection. You know, one of the wise people who counseled us before we got married, and every man, every woman knows, there are times that that you will notice someone that's natural. But when that desire, when that just natural desire is taken care of, it enables a resilience toward temptation. And, I mean, we've been in places, there's been movies, there's been billboards, there's been situations where I've just told Jeanette we need to turn it off or we need to go somewhere else. Um, these shorts have gotten so dadgum short that I, I, I gentlemen you just you need to control where you look and have some discipline to respect your wife um, but ladies n- n- no di- no different but when you're hunt when you've just eaten it takes you a little while to get hungry again right I mean that's I'm just shooting straight my wife takes care of me that desire, and, and again, that it, sa- it says both ways. Don't neglect each other unless you've agreed to fast and pray and that be one of the things you've fasted from. Now, if anyone here is unmarried, honestly, sexual intimacy should not be a part of the equation. But if you are married, friend, God's command and desire for you is to you make sure You protect the necessary facets of your relationship so that intimacy is desired and appreciated. I'm going to answer one more question that gets answered to me and then ask me and then we're going to dismiss. What if I need to go to the doctor to have some help? I would say go straight there. Friend, don't let your pride rob you 
of what God intended. If there is help, go get help. And here's, here's another question. Ladies, this is a delicate one. If, if you need something done to make you feel more beautiful, there's no harm. There's no sin in that. Okay? Um, and I tell you that, and we're just going to be blunt. Post-breast cancer... Listen, if, if a procedure, life's tough, but don't judge anyone. Now, that better be for you and for your husband. If it's for any other reason, I, I don't wish evil upon you, but God says he'll tend to that. But if it's for you and your spouse, don't. God made you the way you, you are, and he gave us all challenges. But life is hard. Stress is hard. Kids are hard. Gentlemen, stress is hard. Weight is hard. Just go get help. It's okay. Okay? Is a a C-section wrong to help? No. Is reconstruction wrong after, after breast cancer? No. Is a weight loss surgery wrong? No. People, quit being so hard on yourself. Let him love you. But you protect the purity and the intimacy of your marriage. That's your highest priority. Everyone understand that? Say amen. Amen. And if you're thinking about anything to please another man or woman, I pray it rains in your parade. It's as evil as I'm going to put it. All right? All right, I'm, I'm going to pray, folks. I have again gone way past, and I will give you a refund for the cost to get in if you're disappointed. Um, this is a type of a message that's invitation um, is different. So in the place of an invitation, I'm going to ask you to spend time with your spouse this week alone if you can. And just do what you love to do. One of our favorite things is laying in the bed watching Andy Griffith. I mean, Andy Griffith just makes me happy. You know, you, you can't be upset watching Andy Griffith. Go eat. Um, do, do whatever it is your spouse loves to do. Y'all love to do together. Pray. If you need to get help, go get help. Um, don't let life and the joy of what God intended pass you by, okay? If I've offended you, I apologize. But I think you will attest that I have not said anything that was inaccurate, okay? I've not said anything that was insensitive. I'm trained on the subject, educated on the subject. um, And if anyone needs help, I'll be free to visit with you privately, uh, with spouse, family, whatever the case be. I'm here to help you. Lord, we love you and we thank you for the joy of today. We thank you for the gift of marriage, intimacy, the challenges, and the beauties of life. And to this end, we give you the glory and the honor. Amen.
preceding message was presented by Bayou Vista Baptist Church in Morgan City, Louisiana. For more information about a relationship with Jesus Christ or about Bayou Vista, including contact info, go to the website www.bvbch.org. Thank you for listening, and may God bless you.